This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read and recorded by Jordan Schneider. Thus Spate Zarathustra by Frederick Nietzsche, translated by Thomas Common, Part 3, Chapter 50, On the Olive Mount. Winter, a bad guest, sitteth with me at home. Blue are my hands with his friendly handshaking. I honor him, that bad guest, but gladly leave him alone. Gladly do I run away from him, and when one runneth well, then one escapeth him. With warm feet and warm thoughts do I run where the wind is calm, to the sunny corner of mine olive mount. There do I laugh at my stern guest, and am still fond of him, because he cleareth my house of flies, and quieteth many noises. For he suffereth if, if not a gat waneth to buzz, or even two of them. Also the lanes maketh he lonesome, so that the midnight is afraid there is night. A hard guest is he, but I honor him, and do not worship, like the tenderlings, the pot-bellied fire idol. Better even a little teeth, chattering than idle adoration, so willeth my nature, and especially have I a grudge against all ardent, steaming, steamy fire idols. Him whom I love, I love better in winter than in summer. Better do I now mock at mine enemies, and more heartily when winter sitteth in my house. Heartily, verily, even when I creep into bed, there, still laugheth and wantoneth in my hidden happiness, even my deceptive dream laugheth. I, a creeper? Never in my life did I creep before the powerful, and if I ever lied, then I lie out of love. Therefore I am glad even in my winter bed. A poor bed maketh me more than a rich one, for I am jealous of my poverty, and in winter she is most faithful unto me. With a wickedness do I begin every day. I mock at the winter with a cold bath. On that account grumbleth my stern housemate. Also do I like to tickle him with a wax taper, that he may finally let the heavens emerge from the ashy gray twilight. For especially wicked am I in the morning at an early hour when the pail rattleth in the well, and horses neigh warmly in gray lanes. Impatiently do I then wait that clear sky may finally dawn for me, the snow-bearded winter sky, the hoary one, the whitehead. The winter sky, the silent winter sky, which often stifleth even the sun. Do I perhaps learn from it? long clear silence or do it learn from me or hath each of us devised it himself of all good things the origin is a thousandfold all good roguish things spring unto existence for joy how could they always do for once only a good roguish thing is also the long silence and to look like the winter sky out of a clear, round-eyed countenance. Like it to stifle one's sun and one's inflexible solar will. Verily, this art and this winter roguishness I have learnt well. My best-loved wickedness and art is it. That is, my silence hath 
learn not to betray itself by silence. Clattering with diction and dice, I outwit so the solemn assistance. All those stern watchers shall my will and purpose elude. That no one might see down into my depth and into mine ultimate will. For that purpose did I devise lo the long, clear silence. Many a shrewd one did I find. He veiled his countenance and made his water muddy, that no one may, might see there through and there under. But precisely unto him came the shrewder distrusters and nutcrackers. Precisely from him did they fish the best, concealed fish. But the clear, the honest, the transparent, these are for me the wisest silent ones. In them, so profound is the depth that even the clearest water doth not betray it. Thou snow-bearded, silent, winter sky, thou round-eyed, white head above me, oh, thou heavenly simile of my soul in its wantonness! And must I not conceal myself like one who hath swallowed gold, lest my soul should be ripped up? Must I not wear stilts, that they may overlook my long legs, all those enviers and injurers around me? Those dingy, fire-warmed, used-up, green-tinted, ill-natured shoals, how could their envy endure my happiness? Thus do I show them only the ice and winter of my peaks, and not that my mountain windeth all the solar girdles around it. They hear only the whistling of my winter storms, and know not that I also travel under warm seas, like longing, heavy, hot south winds. They commiserate also my accidents and chances, but my word saith, Suffer the chance to come unto me, innocent is it as a little child. How could they endure my happiness? if I did not put around it accidents and winter privations and bearskin caps and enmantling snowflakes, if I did not myself commiserate their pity, the pity of those enviers and injurers, if I did not myself sigh before them and chatter with cold and patiently let myself be swathed in their pity. This is the wise waggish, will and good will of my soul, that it concealeth not its winters and glacial storms, it concealeth not its chillbanes either. To one man, lonesomeness is the flight of the sick one. To another, it is the flight from the sick ones. Let them hear me chattering and sighing with winter cold, all those poor squinting knaves around me. With such sighing and chattering do I flee from their heated rooms. Let them sympathize with me and sigh with me on account of my chillblains. At the ice of knowledge will he yet freeze to death. Unquote. So they mourn. Meanwhile, do I run with warm feet hither and thither on mine olive mount? In the sunny corner of my olive mount do I sing and mock at all pity. Thus sang Zarathustra. End of part 3, chapter 50